Coming up on YOY, Grandma Phyllis is fed up. She has a plan. And I went to the front of the plane where the stewardesses were. Excuse me, the flight attendants were hiding. And I said, I need to get off the plane. I need to leave. I have been incarcerated in this plane now for over two hours with all the waiting beforehand. No, that's not possible. I said, well, I give you 15 minutes, and then I'm, I'm going to make a phone call, and I'm going to call the cops. What? I'm going to call the cops. My theory? Our tolerance for crap vanishes with age. Grandma Phyllis knows what she wants, and she's going to demand it from everyone around her. Stay with us. My heart is beating, beating like an eclat. My heart is beating, you can hear it This is YOY. I'm Andrea Salenzi. The other night, I visited my grandma, Phyllis. We had dinner. And I started the question that I start every interview with. What did you have for breakfast? Even there, she makes it clear that she's mastered her self-knowledge. She knows what she wants, and she's not going to apologize for it. I forgot to mention that I also had some pieces of pickled herring. I've had a yen for pickled herring recently, and I don't know why, because I'm not pregnant. Well, pickled herring's delicious. Yeah, it is. And uh, I saw some the other day, so I bought it. I'm entitled. We can all learn from her attitude. And that's the focus of today's show. Speaking your mind. Standing up when you want to stand up. Let's begin. I heard a story about you from my mom. You heard a story about me from your mom. And she, she told it stories to tell. <laughs> yeah, she told it to me with a bit of disbelief. Because what? We were surprised by how the story played out. So I want to hear it from you. I want to hear if you really did this. If or I if really, you were just giving a hypothetical. If I really did what? I don't know what you're talking about. I think you know what you did. Oh. Oh, okay. I booked flight to Columbus, Ohio, on probably the worst travel day of the year, which is the day before Thanksgiving. But I have been exceedingly lucky in my travels. Usually, within an hour of my flight, I take off. Generally, even less than that. I've just been very lucky about that. I I arrive at the airport, and as you know, I use a wheelchair at the airport because of the stresses of the, the long walk and the fact that I've got all this this equipment in my heart and all the patches and, and the electronic stuff, and it's easier for me to use a wheelchair. And generally, I am wheeled right through. I get to the, 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 the top of the line. Everybody is just so accommodating and lovely to me. And then I get wheeled into the lounge and I I wait in my wheelchair until they call the flight and I'm generally the first person boarded unless there's another wheelchair passenger and then it's a toss-up between whether it's that person or me that's first. 
Well, this time I arrived and I was done with all the clearances. I had an hour to go before my 11.30 flight to Columbus, Ohio, which is about an hour and a half flight. And before I left the house, I got an email from Amex telling me that my flight was on time. And I thought, oh, wow, this is terrific, because it was a really rotten day. It was it was snowing and sleeting and, uh, okay. Well, I got there, and I had an hour before my flight left, which was acceptable. I'm sitting in my wheelchair, and I'm waiting. pushes the wheelchair, who's been very generously tipped by me, often comes by uh, before the flight leaves and is ready to take me on and wheel me onto the plane, which is very nice. And they'll often take me to the bathroom, which can be a problem with somebody who takes Lasix and has this dicey heart. Well, because of the the traffic that day and the confusion and the changing of the gate and all that. Nobody ever showed up to take me to the bathroom. And there is now three hours that I have to kill sitting in the wheelchair. But wait, you can stand up and take yourself to the bathroom. I know, but it looks a little peculiar if you're getting up out of your wheelchair to walk yourself to the bathroom. Well, who cares? You're never going to see these people again. I know, but it means leaving my suitcase, which is, I always carry a very small travel-on bag. Okay, but you have the mobility to do that. I did, and I didn't use it. Finally, the 11.30 flight is now announced for 1.30. We get boarded sometime after that, and I am last on board. And as I'm being wheeled on, they took my little roll-on bag away from me, telling me they were in such a rush, they grabbed it away from me. Hurry, 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 we have to leave the gate. We pulled away from the gate, and then the captain announced we had roughly a two-hour wait in a locked plane, and oh, by the way, the bathroom doesn't work. On the whole plane? On the whole plane. It was a smaller jet, and it had a bathroom lavatory in the back of the plane, and it didn't work. Now, I am very, very uncomfortable. And we're sitting there, and we are waiting, waiting, waiting. And every now and then, this charming captain comes on, and he gives us this cute announcement. We're waiting now to be de-iced. And the trucks are being refueled, et cetera, et cetera. This is going on and on. And I finally, I got up out of desperation. And I went to the front of the plane where the stewardesses were, excuse me, the flight attendants were hiding, and I said, I need to get off the plane. I need to leave. 
I have been incarcerated in this plane now for over two hours with all the waiting beforehand. No, that's not possible. I said, well, I give you 15 minutes, and then I'm, I'm going to make a phone call, and I'm going to call the cops. They kind of give me this You're going to what? Say that again? I'm going to call the cops. And they give me this funny look, and they don't believe me. And 15 minutes went by, no, no messages from anybody, and I said, I'm, I'm calling the police now. And I did. I took out my cell phone, and I dialed 911, and I got an operator, and I said, I am being held against my will. I have been held for over two hours in a locked plane with no bathroom, and I need to get off the plane. The, uh, the person at the other end of the 911 didn't really know what to make of this. She didn't want to say it was a hoax, and she didn't, she really, said nothing except I told her my flight number and the, and the, uh, the airline, which I will not mention now. And she hung up. Couldn't you come up with a way to go to the bathroom? You know, couldn't you ask the stewardess, is there any way that we could come up with a way for me to go to the bathroom? No, because the, the door was closed. It wasn't working. I mean, you don't want all the stuff overflowing and coming into the cabin, I mean, that wasn't particularly nice. And uh, anyhow, that didn't happen. The captain came out. But what, so when you called 911, what was going through your head? What were you thinking about? I wanted to be taken off the plane. It was a matter of some desperation, and I figured, so I won't go. I'll, I'll stay home. I'll have Thanksgiving with my upstairs neighbor or something. This is not meant to be. And and I thought, actually, that there's some kind of ruling about how long passengers can be kept locked in a plane on the tarmac with no place to go. But I got no response at all from the 911, nor did the police come looking for me. And of course, there were cops all over the place at the airport. There's certainly, you know, all kinds of security, on, especially on a big travel day. Didn't part of you feel guilty, like the, like 911 might have better things to deal with than this? I was just as important as anybody else. It was my physical well-being. Well, you got This is just how travel goes. This is how it, what it is, what's part of getting on an airplane is well, part of getting on an airplane is assuming that you have a place to go pee. And, you know, that, you, that you're a 100% well person, and I'm not. I think I, they should have just gotten you a bucket. Well, maybe if they'd offered to get me a bucket, it would have been okay, but that offer was not forthcoming. And then they actually called the captain who came out of his barricaded cabin and spoke to me, and he said that we were waiting for the de-icing and all that, and yes, he could take me back, but I would then be inconveniencing all the other passengers in the plane. So he was appealing to my humanity, 
and that if we got out of line for the de-icing, it could be many more hours before this plane would get off the uh, ground. And if he did take me back to the terminal, I could get off the plane, but my suitcase would not because they had taken it away from me and it was in the hold of the plane. And in my suitcase was all my medication that I can't live without. So the ultimate thing was, because they took my suitcase away from me, I had to sit back down and wait another, it was like about another 45 minutes. Were you eventually able to pee once the plane took off? No, no, I was not. And I was exceedingly uncomfortable and very grateful for certain sanitary things that I happened to need in addition, I'm trying to be genteel right now. The one nice thing that did happen is I had not eaten since uh, like 8.30 in the morning and it was very late and I was very shaky because I'm also a diabetic. I mean, you know, a neat little package deal here. And I said to the flight attendant, I need something to eat. And she reached down into her thing as she was serving the beverages, which I certainly didn't need to drink. And she pulled out a little snack package and she had the great good sense to not charge me the $4 fee that usually goes with it. And what did we learn here? I don't know what I learned here. I learned that never, ever will I allow my little bag to be taken away from me. Uh-huh. And I don't know what else I did learn. I, I learned that... I think you should have learned to pee before takeoff. I suppose in the long run I should have requested somebody to roll me down or... Uh, or just take a chance that my suitcase could get swiped or something. and I think you could get up and walk. I, I guess I could have if I'd, I would have figured out where the bathroom was. So I guess that was the big lesson. Lesson number three, don't expect flights to go normal when you travel the day before Thanksgiving. There's no way there won't be delays the day that's, before Thanksgiving. That's the other lesson I learned. Never again will I travel the day before Thanksgiving. So maybe... The bigger lesson is maybe I won't travel at all on Thanksgiving. I'll just stay home, be with you, or make a grilled cheese sandwich and say Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I just, this is like a thought I have about you, which is like, you won't put up with anything anymore. Well, you know what? I'm 84 and a half years old. I mean, I've traveled three quarters of the way around the world using wheelchairs and attendants all over. And I've, I'm always very beautifully treated and I've just uh, never encountered anything like this before. I'm, I'm so used to the attendant coming and picking me up and wheeling me and, and inquiring about my need for the bathroom and all that. They're always very solicitous and I've gotten to be kind of a spoiled brat. But I'm saying for most aspects of your life, if any, if 
anything's inconvenient. You're furious. Maybe I should have gotten more vocal when I was even younger. I don't think I have to tolerate incompetence from people. But one time I remember we got a letter from Chase Bank saying, free $100 for new customers, and you marched over to the bank and you said, I've been your customer for years. Where's my $100? (laughs) Well, I was right. Why didn't they give me the 100 bucks? You, you know, that they offer all these inducements to the new customers, and then you get an old customer, and it's like, so what? But, but that, I don't do that all that often. But sometimes, if you speak up, you, uh, you, you get a little uh, solicitude. And, but if you don't speak up, and you just, and, and you let it fester in you, that's not good either. Did you ever get mad at Time Warner? Oh, everybody gets mad at Time Warner, those idiots. (laughs) Okay, that's true. I watched my mother doing a lot of tantrum behavior, and I, I really never favored that direction. I could still see my mother giving God a hard time. If things didn't go her way up there, she wouldn't stop. She'd go to the head man. Wait, you don't think that you're channeling a little part of your mom sometimes, do you? No. Were you thinking of your mom when you were having your fit on the plane? Yes. I thought if I were to channel my mother right now, I would be having a screaming, spitting, spewing rage. That would have gotten the captain so upset that that would have brought the trip to a conclusion. And I would have been carted off someplace. And I said, I will not be my mother. I am not my mother, and I will not channel her. What would you say to, to calm her down or to help her understand couldn't. it? Couldn't. Couldn't stop her. I was, I, I was too young at the time, and then I just avoided it. episode of why oh why thanks to my grandma phyllis my intern erin and hopkins and artwork by greg visit our new website why for all sorts of archives and a contact form have a great week